0: Hi, folks, and welcome to episode three of Reactivate, the Extreme Robots podcast. And we've got a really exciting episode for you today because Chris Wilkins is here, but also the champ is here, Chris.
1: I always get gazumped, you know, someone's always there, <laughs> ready to take my place as, as the secondary partner on this uh on this podcast, Glenn. Well, I mean,
0: in fairness, if somebody's going to gazump you, it should be uh, not only the team captain of Team Quake, but also the current points leader in our UK tour and also the Extreme Robots heavyweight champion. Chris, should we get him on?
2: Absolutely. Let's do it. I will. See you guys. I mean, what an intro that was. Make sound really
0: <laughs> good. <laughs> I couldn't make you like like local music like i could when alex challenged you in newcastle sorry <laughs> yeah. I, couldn't, yeah. I was trying to think what works for reading I don't You're really... a maidstone,
2: you know gravesend near enough <laughs> graves yeah. oh yeah
0: that's fine. i'm sure i could find something something related to that so, yeah, absolutely so will how are you doing
2: yeah really good it's uh the joys of being a teacher get the summer off to fix up the robots and get them ready
1: yeah, I was going to say, actually, you've got well, is it roughly about five or six weeks. So how are you going to balance the time between sort of, you know, obviously, I know they've got to do preparation for the next year because teachers really don't stop.
2: Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah what, are, what are your plans over the summer for the robots? Well, we've been quite lucky because we came away from Newcastle with them in pretty good condition, to be honest. Uh, Tectonic's actually still with the arena. We didn't even bring it back. It's working so well, we thought we'll leave it there. And it's uh, ready to go for Colchester already. It's even charged up and gassed up, ready to go. Uh, Manta is just having a little bit of work done. So we're doing some uh, rewinding of our motors to try and get them back up to full working order. And the tests are looking pretty good. We've got a little bit more power, a little bit more speed. So by the time we get to Colchester, it should be in really good condition.
1: In terms of testing, Will, I mean, obviously, the arena is really the only time we really get to test the robots in anger. And Glenn and I talk about that quite a lot now because, you know, it's a bit like a Formula One car, really. You don't really know until you're going full pelt whether it's everything you've worked on is going to do what you want it to. How do you do it, bearing in mind we don't have the access to, you know, the arena outside of the
2: shows? To be honest, we are limited. Um, In the past, if we wanted to test Manta and really rev it up to full speed we've actually taken it out onto the road outside my dad's house and we've driven it up and down the road as hard as we can. Now you can't do that very often. The neighbors aren't too keen on it, but um, it does do the job. And we've, we don't tend to try the weapons out very often because these things are incredibly dangerous. I mean, you've got four tons of power going through Mantis flipper. If that goes wrong, it's going to take your head off. So Mm. we just tend to try and, I mean, plus the flipper has been working pretty well. So it's the drive that we've been focusing on at the moment, trying to get that reliable. And it's just trying to do as much testing as we can on the road or on the deck outside my dad's workshop has had a bit of abuse lately trying to drive it around. But we're hoping <laughs> it should be back up and running properly.
0: When James trying crossed. stuff like that, can you can you like power it down? Because we're talking to, you know, even compared to, to Chris, neither of us could consider ourselves engineers. But can you power it down to test it? Is there like is there a level where you go? yep, yeah, that's a safe amount. Or is is safety a huge element of that? Because you never quite know
2: well we we can limit them a little bit on the transmitter so actually at the last event in newcastle we had to derate manta and able to get it to th- like run through the event because we were burning out motors in the first show on uh, saturday so we brought it back to 75 percent to try and keep it through and we've been running and testing on 75 percent. the only time we'll get it back up to 100 is when we get back into the arena because it just is too dangerous to run it at full pound outside of the bulletproof box
1: one thing I was wondering, actually, and I've really only thought about it in the last couple of years because, you know, the, the teams have started to bring multiple robots with different qualities to them, whether it be high pressure flipper or low pressure flippers like yourself or axes and things like that. Uh, in terms of your driving style, are you having to almost have three separate sort of versions of your driving style because your robots are so different and they have different abilities? Do you have to kind of every time a new one goes in reset and, and think about that separately or is it just you it really them really all the same
2: yeah they are entirely different and even just in the controls as well so manta has two different flipper settings it has a, a big flip for when you're launching stuff to the roof it also has a self right function tectonic just has the one flip but the robots you handle differently as well and aftershock is incredibly difficult to drive even though you just switch the weapon on and forget about it trying to handle it with all the gyroscopic procession is tricky So there is sort of a need to reset between each fight and remind yourself of which robot you're driving. And especially even between Tektronic and Manta, two rear hinge flippers on paper, they should drive and handle the same, but because of the weight distribution, the layout, it's entirely different. So it's almost like reprogramming yourself each time. And to be honest, I think that's why some of the other captains struggle so much because they have very different robots. You take Michael with implosion to ignition to eruption, yeah. It's a big reprogramming, and I think maybe that's why we've had the better of him this year. Because my robots, have had the chance to learn how to drive them. He's still learning how to swap between. So yeah, I'd
0: never really considered that. That's a really good point. That going from and Michael, by his own admission, has is, is said to us on on commentary during the live show, in Newcastle. He, I think he said he's having the most fun driving Implosion because yeah. I guess it's it's something it, he's been he's been so even yourself you've had aftershock alongside manta alongside you know and and even down through your your featherweight stuff as well so there's been a lot of diversification between not only sizes but different robots in the past whereas michael now is really excited about implosion it's not that he isn't excited about ignition and and, um and eruption i think it's just the case that what what's new is is kind of kind of sexy and exciting isn't it
2: yeah and he's been driving those same two so ignition and eruption have been around for years. Yeah, Having something new with implosion does really, it makes us excited. Every time you get a new robot to drive, it's really good fun. Uh, but also implosion does represent a very different challenge. With a flipper, it's easier in a way. You've got a big wide flipper blade to try and get underneath your opponent. With implosion, it's a very narrow attack window. That axe is incredibly thin. You've got to be incredibly precise. And it is very difficult.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see the dynamics change throughout the year. And speaking of the dynamics, obviously you've got off to a, a phenomenal start to the year. Add a little bit of a wobble in the right. middle. Yeah, a little bit of a wobble in the middle. But you you came out of, of, of Newcastle uh, top of the tree. So going back to the summer break, um, I may have been uh, stalking some of your uh, uh, social media posts and noticed you may be looking at a, a new uh, design and a new concept. Is that to try and keep everyone away, or is that something you were planning anyway? Or
2: we're always looking at the next the next big thing. Um, and it, to be honest, the ideas have been starting before we even started this year, um, because we knew Aftershock was on borrowed time. It's a, it's a nasty robot, but Zadkill has really done a number on it. We have fought it eight times now. So we kind of knew the longevity wasn't really there. So in the back of my mind, I've already been working on what's the next the next robot to appear. And the great thing is we've got lots of options at the moment. We've got Maelstrom that my dad's sort of slowly working on at the moment, getting that going. And it's been a good few years since that last competed having seen implosion though it does make me want to go down the axe route and i've got some parts that i've been playing around with there as well so mm, i'm keeping the cards close to my chest at the that's moment.
0: interesting there's, i didn't know about this
2: there's yeah there's a few bits going on we've got a few bits cooking um and but the idea is whatever we build we want to get it right and i think that's why implosion's been so good they've taken a long time to build that machine i'm going to do the same um and then yeah we're going to keep it relatively quiet until we've really got the plan together and then there'll be a big reveal coming where we get something brand new ready for your shows that should be pretty different to oh, anything super else
1: exciting it's, it's always nice to see new robots and speaking of um new robots this is sort of a double-edged question really uh, this year seems to be in you know i've done this 10 years plus now this year seems to be possibly the most competitive that extreme robots certainly has ever been. Um, robots are improving. Older robots are coming back and, and holding their own. Championship sort of level robots are starting to struggle at certain events. And, then you know, it's sort of not always being so consistent. Do you think that's just a mixture of wear and tear? People are getting better. People are learning. But also we've got, as you say, new machines coming through. Uh, is that exciting for you to see that the the heavyweight competition is is so strong at the moment?
2: It's really positive to see the way that things are going at the moment. There's so many great robots being built, being developed. And to be honest, I think even though everyone looks back and you know, the pandemic's a bad thing, obviously, for the robots, it gave it a bit of a hard reset. Everyone went away, sort of built new things, tried new ideas in their robots. So you take Craig uh, with Gabriel Zadkiel. He took that opportunity to reset all of his robots, go to brand new yeah. brushless drive. And they, they're starting to rebuild and starting to get the benefit of all that that change. So I think since we've come back, everyone's trying out new technology. And of course, technology evolves at a ridiculous rate. And I think having, you know, Robot Wars and Backerbots really stepped everything up. So now the robots are getting better and better. And yeah, this year really is sort of seeing all that come together. Because I think the quality of our fights and our shows is fantastic. I don't think you can possibly beat them now. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you uh, also have a, uh, a building kind of journal building diary that you're doing on. So just over your shoulder there, Chris, if you're watching this on the stream uh, or on the video, you can use that QR code to go and see Will's YouTube. Uh, so he's got a YouTube channel there the team Shock channel. I know you've got a bunch, a bunch of stuff. You've done the sound wave updates recently. Um, and then there's the ant weight builds. And then I saw a lovely picture of tectonic just before a certain uh, event where you came and won all three.
2: Yeah. So it's, um, it's been a pr- quite a good year so far, really. And yeah, at the start of the year, we've been logging everything on the YouTube channel. It's been a bit quiet lately, but now I've got a few weeks off. I am uh, slowly getting some bits back up and running on uh, on that. So there will be some updates coming with a bit of featherweight work I've got going on. Uh, also been doing some amount weight stuff as well, just to you know, keep me busy while I'm off. Um, but yeah, the idea is as we go through the year, any updates, to the heavyweights are going to be logged and recorded on there as well so that people can kind of chart what we've been doing to our machines throughout the year.
0: Well, that's amazing. And if you are watching the video, it's over there, just over Chris's shoulder. The XR code. I ended up uh, going the wrong. Oh, that. Oh. And uh, <laughs> you did you got well, it, Chris. You got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, well, I'm, well I'm
1: mirrored at the moment, so I'm very yeah. confused by it. So I've,
0: I've, I've had to have him flip himself around a few times. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's there now though. So um, we had a question on the Facebook earlier on for you. Will uh, let me just bring it up. Um, of course, if you have got any questions for uh, any of our guests, we will try and put them. We'll endeavour to put them up as quickly as possible. So the question for you was, Will Thomas, who was your favourite Robot Wars competitor back from the Craig Charles era? So I'm not not including the, G- the Jeremy Clarkson and Dara yeah. O'Brien eras then.
2: For me, it's actually a robot that I now own. Uh, a robot called S3, uh, because it was the one that- Say inst- one more
0: time that you just broke it, Will, what's it called? Uh, S3. S3, what's that stand for?
2: It was uh, Sting 3. Okay. Ah. And it's a vertical spinner. And it's the one that inspired me to initially build a vertical spinner robot. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, fortunate enough to take ownership of it. Um, and it actually lives at my work. So I use it as a teaching aid with my students, because there's no greater way of demonstrating engineering than robots so uh, yeah s3 lives there but it's kind of gave me the inspiration for a series of uh, vertical spin around weights that i had at the time called inertia and then they progressed through the years to feather weights and eventually became the blueprint for aftershock
0: so we'll talk about aftershock in a moment but you've mentioned inertia you've mentioned um the the the, the, every name (laughs) every name that you have is always very pointers and always in a certain kind of ethos where did that start even team shock so obviously the team being the overlying kind of umbrella name for every but the names and, and ultimately is what, what what has become the inspiration for team quake as well where did the names come from
2: so the name it originally started with a featherweight called shockwave that we had back in 2007 and to be honest i can't remember where that name came from now it was so long ago but we decided so i thought a...
0: transformers when i first saw shockwave put down the first thing i thought was transformers and i
2: was like that's what everyone's straight, straight. Is looking it, it doesn't it, look like a and then when we built another one we thought right what are we going to call it it's going to be like an evolution of shockwave and that kind of lent the name aftershock so they were featherweights before they were heavyweights mm-hmm. and then after that we thought okay well let's try and keep our team consistent so we became team shock uh, but then, when it came to the heavyweights, we were really struggling to name our heavyweights when we first got them. And it was back in two thousand and eight that we had Maelstrom, and what most people don't realise it's actually named after a roller coaster ride or a thrill ride in America. I didn't know. We to Florida. Uh, there we go. Yeah. And at Epcot, there was a ride called Maelstrom, uh, which the the robot was named after. Ah, uh, Orlando. <laughs> and then when it came back to Manta. Yeah. Um, Funny enough, we built Manta and just before it, we'd been back to Florida and in SeaWorld, that my favorite roller coaster in the world is at SeaWorld called Manta. Now that, that one I have seen, from. so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and we thought, you know, that would be quite a nice name and theme for the robot. So that's where the heavyweight names came from. Then, of course, when it came to the uh, the reboot for Robot Wars, we thought we want to really commit to Team Shock, which is why Shockwave and Aftershock. And then for Tectonic, it was a competition that I put out. Um, after Robot Wars ended, we needed a new name. And we kind of wanted it to fit the theme so we put it out on on facebook and instagram and tectonic was the winning name from there
1: fantastic now speaking of tectonic obviously you are our current extreme robots heavyweight champion uh you've got a few defenses under your belt now how does it uh, it's very difficult for glenn and i because we 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 sit outside of the world of of robot combat as competitors Uh, i always wonder what motivates you all to obviously you know keep fighting keep putting the effort in that you do uh, how does it feel to be a champion is is it something you think about is it something other people ask you about you know what what sort of what does it do as as a champion
2: i think fundamentally we all do this and i i know i speak for myself michael shane we do this because not only do we love fighting robots we're also really competitive like <laughs> really competitive
0: no um
2: not that we ever see that in the shows obviously but we we love getting one up on everybody else so as soon as in that title fight in Guildford as soon as I flip Michael out the arena it's like get in we've got it and then you know then it's trying to beat the other two that are in there as well and every time we do the defense I know I always going to say no no I'm all right I'm not fussed about winning it but actually deep down Yeah, I want to. It's really
1: interesting because during the the interval, we usually have our title fight at the end of the first half. It's a great way to finish uh, the first half. I often get other Roboteers coming up to me demanding a, a shot at the title, demanding a rematch, asking what, you know, what position they're in in terms of the, the order, sort of number one competitors. It's really nice to see that sort of going on. I mean, there's a few that are constantly knocking at the door. Is there anyone that you're looking at at the moment that either you're worried about facing, I'm sure you're not, because I know, I know you don't tend to worry too much, or is there anyone you're looking at going, I'd love to give them a shot, they deserve it?
2: I think there's so many good Robots now. That I think if you want to be the best and be the champion, you've got to be willing to take on anyone that comes and and challenges. I think there's some, I mean, there's a few that have already had a few goes, like Iron or Mega Mouse. I think someone like Troublemaker is starting to really get themselves you know, in a good position to maybe challenge. Maybe Thor as well, because at the last show in Newcastle, Thor was really running at the top of his game yeah so there think, was a, so might be time a nice a little
0: challenge. link up with you and jason there as well and particularly if um yeah I, I think that the combination of axpot spot and high pressure flipper is one of my one of my that favorite most was, yeah it's it was exciting isn't pie, it that one
2: yeah i think we could uh i to be honest i want to kind of keep that tag team going for a little bit longer because that was a hell of a fight we had yeah um you know jason's robot was working beautifully you know, Manta was still working really nicely too. And being able to throw stuff out the arena while pummeling the other robot is a really nice combination to have.
1: Yeah, the tag team is a, is a, is a lovely art actually working together. How much uh, are you talking to each other or are you just basically have a bit of a chat beforehand and focusing on your own robot during the fight or are you conversing as it's going on? Oh, it's always a nice, calm
2: chat before the fight. And in and during the fight, we're screaming at each other, hit him, <laughs> get out of the way, help us out, flip <laughs> us over. You know, it really is... You know full on in in
0: the uh, in the fight how so easy is it a to communicate there, cause, uh, it wouldn't be uh, well, uh, well actually if in case you, you you don't know this and neither does chris but i have a gopro set which means that I'm looking into possibly seeing it exactly from a roboteer's perspective, which will be very, I take yeah. it you don't want it on yourself then, Will, should we put it I'll on somebody i more else? than up
2: for that, but you might need to mute uh, yeah. the microphone. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Something I'll be that, ready, with, might be a I'll be ready with
0: the bleep button on <laughs> yeah, numerous occasions me. there.
2: <laughs> Maybe, definitely do that one during one of the title fights. That'll be a great.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a, a good idea. And that's something that we're going to be uh, uh, bringing in the future as well. So, um, title fights, what about the team competition though? Because last year, Michael Oates, just resoundingly by everybody's admission, resoundingly beat everybody. Of it. He did yeah. a little bit. He was out. Yeah. He was almost out of sight by, you know, out of sight by Christmas, as we say in football. So, uh, I, at the beginning of this season, I'm not going to lie to you, Will. I was a bit shocked. particularly particularly for you to have three wins. But I think this, this consistency, like you've mentioned with, um, with choice of robots, I think reliability as well, because as, as, as much, well, here's, here's, here's it from the outsider's perspective. That isn't a robot here. So when, when I hear yourself and great many other people backstage and you go, nah, it's definitely broken. It'll definitely not make it to the next show. I I I I will ask you again in two hours because it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible you'd be what you can bring back from the dead, Mr. Thomas. It's
2: yeah, it is. Um, you know, if you asked me after the first show at Newcastle, I, I thought, you know, Manta's had it. Uh, yeah. and you know, I've got to thank my dad for that one. He is an absolute master of getting these things back up and running. And you could think it's dead and buried, and yet, like you say, two hours later, it's back yeah. in the arena and winning. Um, But I think for us to come into Brentwood and, you know, win the first three shows, that's, I mean, we surprised ourselves. We didn't think we'd be that good. We thought we'd be okay because we're keeping a consistent team, uh, you know, Manta and Tectonic, we are known quantities. And Tectonic came out of last year working really well. Mm. It was only minor little changes that we made over the winter to keep it running. But those little tweaks, those refinements, really paid off. And to be able to come in and get those first three victories, I think surprised everyone ourselves included but it gave us a lot of confidence that we're actually doing the right thing going forward so i think the more we the more we learn about yeah. because tectonic is still pretty new by heavyweight standards last year was its first full year competing and yeah I think so it's, it's, it's only changes.
0: it's only in its second year right and and yeah. that's you know that's pretty good for a i'm trying to remember the american term or what, what would you be you could be a soft you know sophomore is the first one but it's um yeah to, to be to be able to have brought that in and also to always see it and I will give you, I'll give the devil his due here. Uh, will is to always see it repainted and to always see it well presented and to always see it looking like, well, no, no, I no, I, I meant before the, before the show, you, you, you do always the, the maintenance. And I kind of think that, and again, coming from like a combat sports background and sports and what have you, there's a, there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, there's there's presenting the champion as such, And I think the the, with Tectonic as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of care goes into that. That's not to say that everybody else doesn't put in modicum's of care on a sliding scale, but you're certainly towards the top. And I think that that also for for new fans of this as well, who see you in that first battle when the lights come up and they're like, "Whoa, that looks!" I think it's, it's it's a really good visual presentation as well.
1: I I wondered if it's a psychological thing as well, because if you go in against a robot and it's looking a little bit, you know, worse for wear versus your robot where it comes in and it looks like it's just to quote, a quote a very old advert it's just stepped out of the salon um, <laughs> and it looks all great i mean psychologically that's got to, that's got to have an impact on the opponent because you know they're looking for the flaws
2: and the weaknesses in your robot and if it's looking like it's
1: brand new it's it's difficult to do
2: that yeah and i think the mind games start from the second you arrive and that's why whenever we went for each series of robot wars we made sure we turned up with a robot that was ready to go, like plug the link in and fight. And I remember mm. seeing an interview with Dave Moulds from the Carbide team, and he always found that really intimidating that we turned up and our robot was ready to go, pristine, all bolted up, ready to go straight into the arena. And I think, yeah, it starts from just having a robot that looks the part. And we never we never stop as well. We are constantly evolving and fixing and finding new, new things to do. So even between Guildford and Newcastle, tectonic had all new armor internally just because of one fight we had with implosion and i think it's that constant evolution and just the little finishing touches that yet yeah, really can play havoc with the other drivers
1: so moving on from that sort of psychological thing there you know in the way you are impacting other people i just wonder how uh, getting that early lead and being so far ahead when that lead started to get clawed back and in Newcastle you, you got caught at one point, how did that affect you? I mean, we'll talk about the last fight of the, the weekend uh, uh, shortly, I'm sure, Glenn, but how did that affect you knowing that, you know, obviously you've got that chasing pack, Wolfpack included, of
2: course, and, and you did get caught at one point? I think it did bring in an element of complacency because you thought, OK, I've got a I've got nice advantage here. I can I don't have to go as hard in those fights. And I think maybe at Guildford, that's what happened. I, I could have been a little bit more aggressive with the driving. Didn't always get the right robot in the fight as well. I put Manta in the last mm-hmm. five months, and that didn't work to my favour. So I probably threw away a relatively easy win by putting Manta in at the end. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it does make you a little bit more complacent. And as soon as you do that, you're on the back foot. So that's why when it, as soon as it got level in Newcastle, I thought, right, I've got to step it up a little bit for the final show. And, well, I think that's what we did.
1: Yeah, Glenn, I mean, I know you want to talk about that that final fight because this is, you know, this is a, a movie sort of moments, The final the final moment of a film where the uh, the last 10 seconds literally you couldn't have timed it any better.
0: It was it was the fact it was a no- uh, yeah, I listen, I would prefer I'm a big combat sports fan. I can sit and watch UFC all day long, but I would prefer to watch an hour-long show with five fights that end by knockout than i would do what 6 hours where it goes to a judge's decision every time so to be in those vinegar strokes of that final contest <laughs> and then to have that oh it was fantastic we'll put we'll we'll put it up on the, i'm going to put it up on the socials later so everybody can can enjoy it um but yeah it's I, that that's the knock. what what's the psychological impact of that from both sides will it, from a kind of from a, i suppose from a sporting perspective if you're if you think i've got this one on points and you do because you must know at times you're like yeah i've got this i've got this one on points and then you go man i've just got myself into a very difficult position with 20 seconds to go what 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 does that feel like i
2: mean is it's i mean that fight was especially having come through the gladiator fight beforehand and in that fight before i didn't exactly hold back so i was going into that battle against eruption knowing that I'd probably used over half the CO2 in tectonic, because I just went nuts trying to flip Gabriel and I know try and get as many points as possible. Uh, but it was all part of this no hold, no holding back. Yeah, then to get that flip on eruption. And I must admit, I found it on YouTube, I've gone and watched that one back more than I would care to admit because It was <laughs> one of the best flips that I think I've ever done with tectonic. I mean, I was surprised. You should see the reaction because my dad was standing behind me and we just both went ballistic because <laughs> let's be honest, no one ever chucks Michael out as convincingly as that. It never really happens.
0: Not so with such a clean it flip like that. Was
2: amazing. Um and immediately, as soon as he'd gone out of the arena, he was already starting with the, you know, the racing driver's excuses, you know. Oh, I know distracted me. Shane moved. It's like, I've watched it back. He didn't. You know, it was a fair fight. He just doesn't like getting beaten.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite interesting because there there have been times over the years where Michael will almost tell you to the second, a bit like a boxer, when he's gonna knock you out. And it's frightening how accurate that is. Yeah, that's been So to see to see the shoe on the other foot there. And to see him literally launched out the fightings, I mean, the reaction from what was a phenomenal uh, crowds over the weekend, the reaction Mm. was just superb. It was just the perfect ending to the show, but also to go into the break with, I mean, you know, reclaiming your lead, putting Michael in that position,
0: stopping a clean sweep as well. Yeah, yep.
1: it, it, must, it must be great for, for you and particularly your dad who worked so, you know, you worked so hard on the robots together to to have that long drive back and think, you know, we got something out of that.
2: Yeah, and actually we spoke quite a bit on the drive back about how good that last fight was and how well we came out of that. In fact, the whole show on the Sunday of Newcastle, I think we did really, really well and it gave us a real boost coming back that we were, everything was moving in the right direction. And going into the summer break, still with the lead, With the championship belt is a really nice way to to go into this break and i think it's allowed us to go in a little bit more relaxed and focus on upgrades rather than repairs which is really nice
0: ah right so you're in that lovely position where you've come out of the 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 last grand prix with with nothing no damage just a few floor things to change and now it's all about the upgrades now that's interesting so how does and forgive the, the the layman's question here when you say an upgrade what does that what does that strictly mean it what, what is an example robot. of an upgrade right
2: okay so for manta um our upgrades are going to be on the drive motors so the ones we were testing at newcastle weren't really up to the job they were a little mm. bit more power we had to run it at 75 percent just to get them through a match so now we've got we, to- we
0: have we have already discussed your ebay motors by the way so.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah let's <laughs> don't do it yes, that's, we, that's my we, advice we, to <laughs> um but now we've got some of our older Bosch motors, so the same ones that a lot of roboteers use. Mm-hmm. We've managed to rewind them. So we've basically, restarted the motor. We've taken out all the innards, rewound them ourselves, and we've done some testing, and they're coming out about 500 RPM faster. So we've got more speed, and they are putting out more power as well. So against all the other teams that are running identical motors, we're going to have a little bit of an advantage there. And with our new chain drive we've got in Manta that we were trying out at the last event, I think it's not only going to be a really powerful flipper, it's going to be a bit of a racing car in terms of the speed it's going to have as well. Nice. That's really, really
1: exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, especially around that arena because it is, it is a slippery surface around there. So, you know, you need to have a, a good blend of, of, obviously, great driving and great traction as well because it's very easy to to lose control of the, the the robots in there by the looks of it.
2: It is. It's, uh, what I love about that arena floor, though, is if you throw another robot, they can slide as well. So with the flip out zone into the fire pit, if you get a decent flip and launch them towards it, after the time they can slide all the way. And if you get enough power up the ramp and out. I mean that's why Tectonic's been so good this year. Hmm. So um yeah, I think with a more powerful drive, Manta's gonna be it's gonna be pretty nice to control in there. So I'm really looking forward to getting it back in the arena and seeing how the upgrades have worked.
1: Now we've talked briefly about, you know, obviously great fights this year. Um I just want to quickly mention that we've had great crowds this year attendances are very good really really happy with that but also they've been loud they've been very much into the team sports very uh, team element. sorry uh very much into the, the the championship element with the with the world title uh, how has that been for you guys because there seems to be particularly over the this year so far a really great atmosphere backstage really good energy with the robot ears. and going to venues that we know and, and are very popular venues with our xr army uh, how, how does that sort of what does that mean to you guys? Because I know, obviously, you're very competitive and it's great to have the fighting. But, you know, we need that crowd there to make it all come together.
2: Yeah. And I think our teams feed off that energy because you guys do such a great job of building up such an amazing atmosphere from the audience side. And, you know, we're just on the other side of the arena behind that curtain. We can hear it and we can feel what's going on. And it does push us to try and make the show that little bit better. You know, make our robots work that little bit harder, a little bit faster and especially when we meet the vips coming around during the uh, interval as well mm-hmm. there were so many brilliant comments and real genuine fans of of robot combat coming around and seeing their enthusiasm makes you want to carry on doing this and it's it's just getting more and more exciting the more we carry on and do this
1: and do you ever get You know some of the previous competitors on you know the TV shows and things like that that maybe aren't competing at the moment. Do they ever sort of call up or comment and say, "Oh, this looks pretty good. I wouldn't mind coming back and having a crack at that championship or getting in one of the teams." We've had a couple doing that recently
2: Uh, at Guildford. We had um, Surin from the Supernova team uh, from RoboWars. He came. Yeah. And even at uh, Newcastle, we had Graham and Hazel from the legendary Firestorm team. I still, so World just
0: Arctic. so you know, Will, I still use on our Twitch streams when I play Robot Wars Arenas of Destruction, my most used robot is Firestorm. Yeah. <laughs> so, honest, so, we've got to bring it, it, was, it back because I think it, it was still so good. Now.
2: It's, oh, it's such a cool yeah. machine. So, I'm hoping you know, they've they came along, they saw the show last time out. Let's hope they've got that, you know, the inspiration to come and join us again because it is so amazing.
0: And it must be something that's very, very difficult. And, and obviously, uh, I, you know, you're a, you're a young man in this game compared to, to, to yeah. a great many. It must be something that is very difficult to leave behind. The luster of, and uh, let's be honest, the smell. The, the, the identity. <laughs> the well, identi-
2: there's is no <laughs> to leave behind, to be honest. If <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is tricky to, to stop. I think, well, that's been our biggest problem. You know, we only keep building more robots. We we don't tend to uh, <laughs> to slow down at all. And, but even, yeah, you see with older roboteers, they may take a couple of years away, but they always sort of circle back and come back. So even some machines we haven't seen in a little while, I would imagine at some point in the near future we'll be making their return to the arena with us. And that'd be really good to see.
0: Yeah, it was exciting to see not just that, but the the house robots as well in Newcastle as well added so much to the show to see the replica. And what was cool was we used to call it in... um... Uh, in in wrestling, we used to call it a curtain sellout, where all of the guys in the back wanted to watch the match that was on, yeah. and so they'd all be peeking through the curtain. And that's kind of what the the house robots were like. There were people yeah. who definitely should have been getting their robots ready, who I were watching. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. yeah, there I were mean, presenters that should have been getting ready as well. Because <laughs> I was literally like, "This is really great fun. Oh, I'm on."
2: So <laughs> yeah, it was the same for the team captains. We we're all there waiting to go on, watching the house robots. Out. I mean. I grew up watching these robots, and see these these replicas come along, and they are perfect replicas. Yeah, man, they're they're unreal, millimeter perfect. And seeing them in the arena, it was just like watching an old episode of Robot Wars. Seeing those machines running at full capacity is so cool.
0: And, and what was great was it was like an episode of Robot Wars, and then immediately turned into like 20 years in the future. Yeah. And we, we had extreme robots. It was unreal.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, what's really interesting is it's obviously having had them there. When major damage comes off the back of that, and you see the size difference between major damage, which I don't think people can appreciate unless they see it in the flesh. You know, we say one time of fighting fun, but it is huge, especially against those house robots. You know, In terms of facing major damage in the arena versus those, I mean, they're amazing. But that that just shows how far things have moved on. And, you know, it's such a competitive house robot.
2: It really is. And I think when you look at the the modern competitor robots, we're now at the same sort of power level that those house robots used to be. And they used to be invincible. But nowadays, you know, we'd be launching Sergeant Bash out of the arena, you know, quicker than that. So major damage really does represent how everything has evolved and just the scale of the house robots has had to evolve to meet the competitors and major damage i think is one of the only house robots to never be turned over and that's because it weighs literally a ton and it is too much for us to try and pick up we have tried but yeah, yeah. Impossible.
1: I, I i sort of sit on the fence at that point between i want it to happen because it'd be great but knowing how much it would take to try and i don't know how we turn it back over exactly yeah. um, it would be impossible
0: It's a good point It's a very good point right Will so a couple of questions I've got for you just because I'm interested in this and because I'm I learn more about robot combat every day and I go go back and re-watching robot Wars and what have you um what is your and I know you've watched back more times than you care to admit the final fight (laughs) fight of Newcastle (laughs) but what is your favorite robot combat robot battle that you've ever watched and gone wow
2: there's loads to choose from here. Um, I mean, in terms of my own fights that I've been in, my favourite one that I've ever done was Aftershock V Sabretooth in series nine, okay. where we we read yep. it, and it was great fun. <laughs> but in terms of ones to watch. That is tricky. Um, I mean, I, I quite like some of the old like the classic ones like the series five of robowars hypnodisc and bigger brother. See the underdog come through and win against a big spinner okay. at the time I really like yeah. that one um not that I was watching it because great thing about uh all the time off all the time to watch it now it's on the telly again so um of course yeah so they're sort of probably the two of my favorites that I've that I can remember and then in terms of live show battles uh at extreme robots it's gonna be hard to beat that last one mm. you know that was that was a pretty good one for me but both halves the gladiator fight and yeah the final as well because it was just okay showed how well tectonic can sort of carry on and continue through long fights
0: and i think it dispels the myth that you have to be a high pressure flipper in order to be successful and low pressure flippers there are just to withstand and yadda yadda yada. yada. where actually Tectonic's proving on a show-by-show basis that a good driver and a a well thought out and i and i i know that your game plan has been slightly different you've mentioned it on a few times you're being more aggressive this year yeah and i think that that's that's actually something that's that's paid dividends and and when and we've seen with craig collius as well even though team divinity aren't off the the mark yet but by by using his son who's by all accounts more aggressive than than craig is except you know um Uh, I think that's the main way that he he needs to do that. And I think the, um, I was reading an article about how uh, uh, Premier League football has changed over the last 10 years and that, um most teams do a high press now everything is played in the opponent's third it's much more focused on going forward not holding the ball and i can see that correlation now happening with people going no i'm going to have if i want to win these these contests and also down to point scoring as well this is something that we we very we very rarely talk about and we've got an opportunity at least with you to talk about it is is that something that's constantly in your mind the if i'm not aggressive Am I going to lag A? Do I put myself at a disadvantage of being flipped down and knocked out of the, the the contest immediately? But if somebody is maybe not landing half as much as I am, but cumulatively more by being aggressive, see Gabriel as a case in yeah. point. Like Gabriel, a very, very aggressive robot. But how how does that factor in when you're when you're thinking about the actual battle and you're thinking, I might, I might, I might have to change my game plan here? Do game plans change?
2: they do a little bit i mean every time you know we're fighting and i'm I'm sure it's the same for you know michael craig shane Mm -hmm. we're keeping score in our head you know you're kind of going i've had this many flips on them they've flipped me this many times or they've scored this many hits and you're constantly doing the maths trying to work out am i ahead am i not and then you Mm -hmm. kind of change your game plan based on that um but like i say, with tectonic i've decided to go all out for the aggression because i know i've got more flips than i'm ever going to need i think in one fight i clocked i had over 45 flips and it was still going so that's more than i'm ever going to need in a three-minute battle it's all about trying to get as many hits as i can and i think this is where i've been able to do better this year because if you think traditionally michael's tactic there's no clear example than the 10-way melee on robot wars he holds back in the corner he tries to come in late for the knockout shots which when we were driving manta he'd be able to do i'd waste all the co2 He'd come yeah. over at the end, turn it over for a quick win. With Tectonic, he can't do that now because it'll always get back. So he's now got to change his style to match what I've been doing. And, and as I think Chris that's always, why I've had that yeah. advantage.
0: Yeah, Chris always says on commentary he, you know, Michael likes to he he knows he knows his working area around that that combat center, doesn't he,
2: Chris? Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's fascinating to watch actually. And it's what was also fascinating for me is how often people still fall for it. You know, me who has nothing to do with it can see that's happening. But, you know, he's such an I suppose it's the same as the boxing. It's what the analogy we use quite a lot, Glenn, really. I mean, you know, you can watch as many videos as you want, but they'll still catch you out in a three minute fight. Just quickly looking to the future, where was my, my final question, really. Um, obviously you've got three more events coming up this year. Um, really, really excited for those. Um We're at the, what I call this well, oh, I suppose a lot of people call it the silly season at the moment, where we're on that break. Uh, there's an opportunity potentially for a few transfers to, to take place in between teams. Firstly, are you happy with your current team? And looking at the outside, you know, across the other three teams, is there anyone within those teams that you're looking at and would like to potentially to to bring into your, into your fold uh, to improve your team to try and make sure you stay at the top
2: of the leaderboard? I think to begin with, I am really pleased with who I've got because Troublemaker is a robot that came through our fight club last year and this year charlie with the driving has been steadily improving and getting better and better so i think he's he's really getting there when we put him in a tag team with manta they've been really really good Mm -hmm. but having had that tag team match with thor that might have to change a little bit now because that tag team for me was so good having Manta and thor that uh, you know maybe troublemaker then has to go into the one-on-ones where it has struggled a little bit uh but in terms of other teams there is one i've had my eye on for a little while knowing how good they're becoming and that's mega mouse because will is a fantastic driver um you know he's nearly had me a couple of times now and if well he did at the last show at uh, newcastle he had Rover and a run out of gas so i think it would be a nice one to to join team quake that's uh, fascinating and get him away from that that bad big bad wolf
1: yeah that's oh, fascinating nice. because he seems to be very much under the and I'm going to say under the influence of uh, of Shane at the moment. They almost seem like some sort of nasty boys duo going on at the moment. Um, that's going to be really fascinating to see how that plays out over the next few weeks. And I'm sure when Shane watches this, he will certainly have
2: something to say about those uh, comments, Will. Well, he can, he can come at me and see what he wants. But um, one thing I'm not doing, though, is giving up Thor. Thor is definitely staying. The only one that might be up for a transfer, potentially troublemaker, but I need a good deal back uh to uh,
0: sweeten the pot. <laughs> good so it's it's cash plus player good okay. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> will it's been absolutely tremendous talking to you mate thank you so much uh, me and chris are going to wrap this up but um we will be uh chatting to you very soon and we'll be seeing you of course at our next show in colchester very very excited about it very excited to see your upgrades and uh yeah we'll see you very soon thanks man cheers,
2: thanks will. very much great to be here cheers
0: Chris it's always incredible when we uh when we get somebody on uh who knows what they're talking about because as much as we are three episodes in <laughs> but it's fascinating when uh when you actually get to ask somebody who's lived this from from robot wars all the way to to, to to where we are now to to the evolution of you know the, like we said it's the, it's the new age of mechanized combat at extreme robots and it's it's absolutely yeah it's it's amazing to be able to to ask him questions of course um uh, he does have a lot of merchandise as well if you would like to see you but you know if you'd like to come to our next show and maybe bring your team quake foam uh waiver that i'm sure will would be uh extra extra we're gonna try and to get sign. him
1: to uh to use one of the fights with a waiver in his hand and see how he gets on that might be the way to uh mix things up a little bit
0: uh, if you fancy being a little bit more demure there is of course the team shirts from 2022 with it's the more the more classic styling um and that's on special offer at the moment at 20 pounds and if you want to look like the proper gaffer will's team shirt from this year is currently on a pre-order you can get it at www.extremerobots.co slash xr store or just go to extreme robots.co.uk and find the link there or you can get the qr code there um on the the lovely uh lovely video podcast that we're doing right now right chris to business at hand i'm gonna have to go and grab it so excuse me for a moment but yes we think um I uh, well i uh, i uh, we all we as a collective think that this prize that i'm about to get is too good to giving away just on one week we think that it's only fair that we should give more people a chance to enter so and let me grab that for a moment you're gonna have to fill the, fill the that's data.
1: okay i know exactly what glenn's talking about and to be honest i really wish it was in the house so those that are watching the video version of this will notice that the background i'm full of uh sort of um pop culture references comic books and and all that sort of thing so to see that uh what Glenn has there as a potential uh, uh, prize it's, for somebody is amazing. unbelievable. I mean, it's a robot. So for those that are, are listening rather than uh, watching, uh, that is a lounge fly bag courtesy of our partners at Get Ready Comics. And it's a lounge fly bag of the one and only C-3PO, including sort of all the wirings on the robot. It is a really Not
0: just the cool hide bag. look inside as well. Is there and 20 quid not... in there? It's There's not. There's a load of paper, but all of the wiring continues all the way in the inside as well. Like, this is incredible. Yeah, so- the lounge
1: flight bags don't mess around. Uh, they yeah, really they do put a lot stunning. of thought and detail in. As as fans of Star Wars or of uh, you know uh, fans of roboteering, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing to have. It looks yeah, like you're about to do a QVC with that there, Glenn. Uh, yes, just 14 payments
0: <laughs> of £900 <laughs> in order to take home this. <laughs> lovely bag um yeah so uh 14 pounds of 900 pounds goodness me um <laughs> we're giving
1: it away in a prize. We're giving it away.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And all we're asking that you do is uh, share the podcast on our social media, particularly on Facebook. There is a pinned post. It will be pinned from tomorrow. It will be the podcast. All you have to do is share it, share it to a group, share it to a page, share it to your friends that maybe you think would like to learn more about extreme robots and would like to watch somebody like Will, who I think is very, very good, Chris, as well, at articulating, um, as I call it layman's terms, but he's very good. But I think it's be, being a teacher, perhaps that, that that helps him with this. But he's very, very good at articulating to people who maybe don't understand robotics and combat robotics in such a way, how, how it actually works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're very lucky, actually, with all of our team captains that they're very good at um, talking on the mic, which makes a huge difference to be able to discuss things with them, understanding and, and hopefully pass back to the XR Army. You know the things that are going on and that's that's really important to us is to with the the xr I mean, our fan base to really understand throughout the year even when we haven't got shows on what's going on in the world of robot combat
0: yeah um i'm, I'm really enjoying uh uh reactivate at the moment me i'm really it's enjoying nice to have to- a
1: chair that doesn't drop down as well now
0: and it's wonderful and, and and if anybody is watching the video podcast look how me and chris lovingly like recreated each other's colors in our Respective studios. Chris has yeah. even got a green XLR, but he can't change that every week. I can change <laughs> my colours. Um so uh Chris, next show, of course, Colchester. We are heading to Essex again after we had a oh, I nearly cancelled the whole stream there. Let's not do that. Uh that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Uh, but um yeah, so uh i'm just having a look on the website at the moment how tickets are doing colchester is already selling incredibly well saturday the 16th of september and sunday the 17th of september there are very very few uh, VIP tickets left, uh, we're down to limited with that. So if you're in the Essex area, the 16th and the 17th of September, of course, just below us you'll see, you can order your Extreme Robots Team Quake merchandise, or maybe if you don't, I don't know, you fancy having some Team Inferno merchandise, or maybe you fancy buying the brand new Team Wolfpack waiver, well, you can find them all at extremerobots.co.uk slash XR store. And Chris, I think maybe next week, should we should we have another guest on?
1: I think we should. You know, it seems to work. It means people don't have to listen to us consistently for the whole uh, for the whole time. So why not? Yes,
0: and and if you want to show your support, of course, to uh, Chris Wilkins, you can buy the Smashy Smashy Time uh, T-shirt from extremerovers.co.uk or by using the little XR code there. Yes, Chris.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say it's it's just uh, around about my birthday in culture, so <laughs> celebrate in style by wearing my favourite Smashy Smashy Time T-shirt and make uh, make an old man very happy.
0: And the biggest news, of course, coming out of today, and you will see at the uh, the top there, just above Chris's head, the ticket link if you're watching the video podcast, Newcastle 2024, July 6th and July 7th at the Virtue Motors Arena went on sale. If you're watching this on the same day we recorded it, this morning, Thursday, the 3rd of August, I believe it's the 3rd of August at 10 a.m. So tickets are on sale now. It doesn't matter when they went on sale. They're on sale now. And the <laughs> Platinum tickets uh, have already, yes, they've already nearly gone. Gone for one show, so you must be very careful about that if you're looking to get the best possible experience. But, Chris, we said the reaction was so good in Newcastle that we've decided almost a year in advance to put tickets on sale. Oh,
1: uh, honestly, I had the best time and I'm already looking forward to it. It was straight in the calendar, uh, planning ahead. I mean, you know, Newcastle's a phenomenal place to go. We'll probably talk about that uh, as we get closer to it things that we're looking to do and things that are there. Um, it's a great place to be. Phenomenal crowds and if the show's anything like it was this year for 2024, you are in for an absolute treat in Newcastle. Newcastle, we will
0: be Newcastle. Thank you. i just let it go now. It's all right.
1: You, you,
0: you, you, you've, you've been down there so long. Your brain's rotted. Thanks, um, you, <laughs> so next show, of course, like we said in Colchester on Saturday the 16th of September and Sunday, the 17th of September. Well, we've got all of August to get through first, which means we will be bringing you more and more features on our social media channels, including more reactivate and bring you more guests every week. Chris, it's been delightful. Thank Love you for joining it, me today.
1: Thank you very much. It's been great.
0: We will see you all very soon for another uh, episode of reactivate the extreme robots podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.